0: Featuring Tales to Terrify, Crime City Central, Protecting Project Pulp, and the all new Far Fetched Fables. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours.
1: This is the Starship Sova, everybody welcome. Hello and welcome to show 376. I am your host, Tony C. Smith. Hello everyone, I hope everyone is fine and dandy. As you know, this show is sponsored by Octagon Technology. 1995 to 2015, 20 years of helping people and companies with their IT projects and problems. Do you run a small IT company? Octagon Technology can supply you with hosted exchange services that you can sell on to your clients. There you go. A big thank you to Clive and Diane for sponsoring this show and getting close to SofaCon as well. Welcome to Starship Sofa. Tell you what's coming in today's show. We have just one bit of fiction and it is No Place for a Hero by James Aquilone. It was originally published in Galaxy Edge magazine. Galaxy's Edge, if you didn't know, is edited by the one, the only Mr. Mike Resnick. So listen, before all that though, let's get this to get like some serious things going down here on Starship. So that one of our sofa knows, Mr. Matthew Sanborn Smith, has started the kickstarter and we have got to kind of support it we certainly have so i'm going to play a little promo and i'll have a little chat and we'll try and get everyone over there to kind of support because that's a crazy thing with kickstarter in general but i'm going to play this promo
0: everyone was covered in either blood kisses or barbecue sauce sammy's recipe for barbecued chaos one decide you want a nice little party at your house 2. Forget for a moment that you're part of a hive mind with 56 other people. Not a very good hive mind, admittedly, but good enough that those 56 other people simultaneously decide they want a nice little party. At your house. You do have the biggest yard in the Treberhood, of course. Nearly an entire limb to yourself, since you convinced the Amumway family there was such a thing as a cybernetic squirrel festation. Thanks to the loan of your friend Barry's traveling squirrel zoo, some manufactured doodads from your garage forge, and a hot glue gun. The Amumways folded up their house and moved it two levels down that same afternoon. 3. Allow your now enormous party to be crashed by the rest of the Treberhood, who, for some reason known only to God's clone, have become more affectionate than spawning salmon at a grizzly bear swingers party. 4. Remind yourself you have to get better at creating metaphors, but in your defense there is a half-love, half-fist fight free-for-all going on in your yard at the moment. Hello everyone, my name is Matthew Sanborn Smith. You know, the hive mind has been a science fiction trope for decades, from Theodore Sturgeon's to Mary Medusa, to Star Trek's Borg, to Twitter. The weird thing is, all of these hive minds really seem to have their acts together, like there's no awkward training period involved. I'm hot to write a weird and funny science fiction novel called Hive 5, that's H-I-V-E space F-I-V-E, about a hive mind that's not very good at being a hive mind. Forget world domination, these people can't even handle neighborhood domination. In fact, when a literal love machine moves into the neighborhood, it soon rips control of the local homeowners association right out of our hero's many hands. The best defense they can mount is a rush of poorly coordinated violence. But really, isn't that a hell of a lot more fun than Robert's Rules of Order? If this sounds like your idea of a good time, head over to Kickstarter and check out Hive 5. If we can come together better than my hive mind can, you can have this story in your hot little hands this summer. Join me. Resistance isn't yet as futile as we're hoping it will be once things are settled down.
1: So now you know, Matt's kind of in between jobs there, and this is his kind of one chance to kind of make it a go as a writer. You know, he's pushing out so much kind of work. You know, but it'd be lovely to be kind of become, for Matt, a full-time writer. You know, even now, just get this one novel out as a writer. That would be fantastic. Kickstarter can do it. But Matt's just done the the craziest thing. You know, he's got a kind of nice high price there. So if it kind of, if it pulls off, it's fantastic. You know what I mean? But he's only given himself, you know, a few, couple of weeks, I think, maybe 19 days, he said it was. So, I mean, when we did it for Sovacon, it was like a 30-day, run so we haven't got long to kind of support him i think he's up there around about the three thousand dollar mark there now he's got a long way to go so can we support our very own matthew Smith? please 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 that would be fantastic there will be a link on the show so you can go straight over and see his Kickstarter as well. So he's one of our he's one of our babies. Let's get him let's get him sorted out. Let him be able to do his thing instead of going straight back, jumping back into kind of his day job, you know, and looking for a job in that kind of environment. It'd be lovely. We'll get him sorted out here as well. So please let's try and make this happen. So, main fiction is No Place for a Hero by James Aquilone. Like they originally published in Galaxy's Edge. James Acklone is an editor and writer for fun and for profit from Staten Island, New York. His love of science fiction and reading began with comic books he persuaded his mother to buy during the trips to the corner newsstand. No place for a hero was inspired by his own so far unsuccessful attempts to be a superhero. His fiction is forthcoming or has appeared in Nature's Edge, Galaxy's Edge, *Fast*. Nature's future, sure, I say. Flash fiction online and Weird Tales, among many other publications. And this narration is voiced by the lovely Jen Watson. Thank you so much, Jen. So, the Starship Sova is very proud to present...
3: No Place for a Hero by James Aquilone. Narrated by Jen Watson. Bernard Kowalski destroyed the Verrazano Bridge during the Friday rush... But there are three important things to keep in mind. It was unintentional, no one died, and he caught the bank robbers he was chasing. It was a classic superhero feat. They should have given him a ticker tape parade. Instead, he got 30 years in prison. In his closing argument, the prosecutor called Bernie a living, breathing weapon of mass destruction. She also called him an irresponsible, reckless vigilante and a fame-seeking psychopath. Never once did she mention the word hero. Bernie easily could have flicked a paperclip through her throat and decapitated her right on the spot. But he was a superhero, and superheroes don't kill. They held him on Rikers Island while they built a special long-term prison for him on Guantanamo Bay. He saved them the trouble. He busted out with one well-placed punch to the four-foot-thick cement wall and eventually settled on a desert island in the Pacific Ocean. A superhero, Bernie lamented, has no place in the real world. Bernie watched the sun sink into the ocean as he squeezed another yam into a coconut shell. He had super strength. He could throw a garbage truck a mile. He could run so fast he was just a blur. He could blow down buildings with his ultra-breath. He could fly. And what did it get him, the world's first and only superhero? "'all the yams he could eat and his very own tropical prison. "'No one bothered with him except for some neighboring islanders "'who would leave him food and gifts. "'They thought he was an angry deity. "'The yams were offerings. "'On special occasions, they left roasted pig. "'He was happy for the food. "'It wasn't like he could fly over to Paris and grab some baguettes, "'not without causing an international incident. "'He was thinking how Superman never got hauled into court in the comics.' When he spotted the helicopter, at first he figured it was sightseers. They occasionally flew over the island to take a peek at the superhuman, snap a few photos. He usually waved at them. Sometimes they'd wave back. Sometimes they'd give him the finger. He zoomed in with his telescopic vision, and he saw that it was a U.S. Marine Corps helicopter. In all the time he'd been on the island, no authorities had ever tried to contact him or haul him back to the States. Was this an assault? Were they stupid enough to try to finish him off now? He scanned the sky, but there was only the one helicopter. If this was an attack, then the copter had to be equipped with a WMD. He could hurl a palm tree at it or blow it down with his ultra breath. But he continued squeezing yams. After two years on the island, the only way he could eat the tubers was by slurping them up like milkshakes. The helicopter landed down the beach. He watched a man in a military uniform jump out. Alone, he headed toward the superhuman. Bernie relaxed. The man said, "'Bernard Kowalski?' "'No,' he said. "'I'm Batman.' Military man didn't laugh. "'I am General William Duncan, "'chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff.' Bernie picked up a yam, "'squeezed it so hard it exploded in his hand. "Uh, "'Care for a yam?' "'I'm not going to pussyfoot around, Kowalski.' Your government needs you, maybe even the world. My government? You mean the one that arrested me for being a superhero? We're in a big jam. The chili is really hitting the fan, and it's my opinion that you're the solution. We're prepared to offer you full asylum and will expunge your past crimes from the record. Crimes, huh? I was fighting crime. Believe me, as a soldier myself, I understand. Collateral damage is inevitable in war. The greater good, son. That's what matters. Exactly. That's what I kept saying at the trial. I'm a superhero. There should be different rules. Well, Kowalski, the rules have just changed. Bernie wiped the yam juice off his hands, sat up straighter. Have they now? It seems you are no longer the world's only superhuman, but you can still be the world's only superhero. A supervillain named Madame Devastator has already destroyed most of New Jersey. Madam Devastator? Cool name. We've thrown everything at her, but it's done no good. We need you to take her out. You are cleared to use any means necessary. We're in a real bind here. What do you say, Kowalski? General, I've been waiting a long time for this. I'll brief you at the Pentagon. We have an aircraft carrier not too far away. It'll be quicker if I take you. Bernie scooped up the general and flew east.
2: in four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
4: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Stater's real
3: name was Hannah Borman. She was a 22-year-old art student from Connecticut, at least until about a week ago when she went berserk in Jersey. At the Pentagon, Bernie watched videos of her obliterating Hoboken. She could fire bolts of lightning out of her fingertips and create storms with a hand gesture. She also sported a killer costume, something Bernie had always wanted. But his superhero career had ended before he could design one. Madam Devastator wore black high-heeled boots with laces up to her knees, a leather bodysuit with lightning bolts running down the sides, and a scarlet cape. At the moment, Bernie was in yellow Bermuda shorts, flip-flops, and a pink tank top. When the briefing was over, General Dungan said, Do you need any assistance from us? Can you guys rustle me up a uniform? I feel kind of dorky here. A half hour later, he was wearing Henry Winkler's leather jacket from Happy Days, John Wayne's cowboy hat from True Grit, Harrison Ford's pants from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and James Dean's boots from Rebel Without a Cause. Some wise guy had made a run to the Smithsonian and thought the clothes had some mojo that might help. They started calling Bernie Mr. Americana, His previous superhero name was Bernard Kowalski. When Bernie reached New York City, where Madame Devastator was currently wreaking havoc, he perched himself on top of the Freedom Tower. He didn't need his telescopic vision to find her. A boulder the size of a minivan blasted into the air over Central Park. Bernie rocketed uptown, and just before the boulder crashed on top of the Dakota apartment building, he obliterated it with a mighty uppercut. Bernie bolted into the park, flying just above the treetops. He was nearing the lake when a street lamp rose into the air and swatted him as if he were a pesky fly. He plunged into the water, and as he sank, Bernie thought how he had only ever fought purse snatchers and jaywalkers. He sprang out of the water, grabbed his hat, which was floating nearby, and placed it back on his head. Madame Devastator stood beside the Bethesda fountain, sparks dancing on her fingertips. I should have figured they'd send for you, she said. You've always struck me as a brown noser. Is that why you're doing this? To get to me? Don't flatter yourself. I'm doing this because I can. It's fun. Besides, what the hell else can you do with fingertips that shoot lightning? You got me there, Bernie said, and blasted her with his ultra-breath. She hurtled backwards, knocking down trees and statues. She didn't come to a stop until she crashed into the side of an M10 bus. All the vehicles on Central Park West were abandoned. General Duncan had pulled the military out of the area and evacuated as many civilians as he could, though there were plenty of them watching from their apartment windows, snapping photos and taking video. A woman stuck her head out of a four-story window and shouted, Get up, Mr. Americana! Bernie's face was burned with pride, though he wondered how she knew his nickname. Bernie spotted a garbage truck up the block. He'd always wanted to chuck one. As he lifted it over his head, he noticed with glee the camera flashes coming from the surrounding buildings. He paused, flexed his muscles, then heaved the truck at Madame Devastator, just as she was getting to her feet. Bernie was disappointed when the truck crash-landed right-side up a few yards from her. It tottered, and he helped it along with a blast of his ultra-breath. A moment after the truck fell onto the supervillain, windows were thrown open and there was a thunderclap of applause and hooting. Some people were giving Bernie the thumbs up. They held out their cell phones. Bernie smiled and waved as if he had just won the Miss America pageant. He was thinking about the ticker tape parade they were going to give him when Madame Devastator zapped him with lightning from her fingers. His body seized. His muscles felt as if they had been turned to stone. Then came the burning. Bernie screamed. At that moment... The sky darkened and the wind howled. Bernie was lifted high into the air and began spinning as thunder crashed around him and lightning cut through the darkness. He tried to get his equilibrium, but he was blind and disoriented inside the tornado. He couldn't die like this before the world. It would be all over the internet in seconds. In his panic, he pursed his lips and blew as hard as he could, hoping to jolt himself out of the twister. There was an explosion. He heard glass shattering and stone crumbling. "'He blew again. Another explosion. Screams. Car alarms blared. "'Still, he was trapped in the funnel. "'He blew straight down and kept blowing until he rose above the bad weather. "'He stopped blowing when he saw the sun and the bright blue sky. "'Then he was falling. His muscles still cramped from the lightning strikes. "'The roof of the American Museum of Natural History rushed up to meet him, "'and he crashed through it. He landed on a Stegosaurus skeleton.' Which was now a pile of rubble. After a moment, his power returned to him and he shot through the hole in the roof. Madame Devastator was waiting for him in the front of the museum. She looked tired, drained. The lightning flickered on her fingertips like a dying light bulb. You don't have to fight me, she said, gasping for breath. We're the same. In fact, we're the only two of our kind. They she swept out her arms, are our real enemies. You saw how they treated you when you tried to help them the first time. I'm a superhero, Bernie said. This is what superheroes do. One moment, Bernie was hovering in the air. the Next, he was behind Madame Devastator. He put her in a headlock. She barely resisted. This ends now, he said. If you're going to kill me, You could at least use an original line. A small crowd watched from the park across the street. Someone yelled, Finish her! Another screamed, We love you, Mr. Americana! Bernie tightened his grip on Madame Devastator. Camera flashes like bolts of lightning ripped through the air. In minutes, he'd be the champion of the world, his face on every TV screen, newspaper, and magazine. He was probably already trending like crazy on the Internet. Before he twisted his arch-nemesis's neck, he whispered in her ear. Then, Madame Devastator went limp in his arms. For a moment, the city was silent. Bernie heard only his ragged breathing. Then there came an eruption of cheers and shouts. People began to appear from all over. They chanted his name and it echoed across the city. Bernie's eyes moistened. He wished his parents were alive to see this. As the crowd inched toward him, Mr. Americana, nay Bernard Kowalski, flew off with Madame Devastator's body in his arms. The yams were all gone, so he flew to Tokyo and got sushi. He didn't even have to pay. Heroes don't have to pay. It's one of the many perks. Back on the island, he sat on the beach reading an English-language newspaper he grabbed along with his lunch. The front page showed him holding Madame Devastator. Mr. Americana saves the day, the headlines blared. A few pages in, he found an editorial questioning whether Mr. Americana, the Pentagon had leaked the nickname to the media shortly after burning love for New York, was needed now that Madame Devastator was dead. He knew that would come. In time, they'd return to seeing him as a ticking time bomb. Weapons of mass destruction are only tolerated in times of war. Did you get any sashimi rolls? Bernie turned and watched Hannah exiting the tropical forest. Her blonde hair was pulled into a ponytail, and her freckles stood out with sunburn. Without her costume, she looked like a typical college student. Yeah, he said, and handed her the bag of takeout. He never intended to kill Madame Devastator. Superheroes don't kill. But it wasn't until that day in New York that he realized how badly a hero needs a villain— she sat next to Bernie. "'Doesn't this get boring?' she asked. "'Just sitting here.' Eh, "'You get used to it. Have you decided where you're going to make your reemergence? "'I was thinking Paris in the spring.' "'Perfect. That will be well after my ticker-tape parade. I'll give you a two-hour head start.' "'That should be enough time to destroy the Eiffel Tower.' "'Oh, no, don't do that.' I've always wanted to chuck the Eiffel Tower like a javelin. I saw it once in a comic. Okay, that might be cool. I'll take out the Arc de Triomphe with a tornado then. Meet me in front of the Louvre. We'll give them a good show. But this time, why don't I pretend to snap your neck? Sure. Why not? A superhero, Bernie lamented, has no place in the real world. Not unless he creates one.
1: There you go. Don't forget. Copyright is James. James, thank you so much. Fine story. Thank you so much. Yes, keep writing, please, for profit. It always helps. So that is today's show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget, we are sponsored by Octagon Technology i put a link on so you can go over there and check out everything octagon technology again we are hopefully trying to do something for show 400 as well coming up we think it's round about it august all being well if i don't take you know a couple of weeks off here and there octagon technology cloud services hosted exchange and off-site backups are compliant with the uk data protection act they go a big thank you to clive and diane like i say thank you so much SovaCon, you know the sponsored SovaCon, it's gearing up there, will not be that long until that's up and running. March the 14th and 15th, there might be a few spare tickets kicking around, I've got to kind of get that sorted out and see if I can get that all up and running as well, so look out for that as well. So that is the show, I hope you've enjoyed it, yeah I forgot what show it was, it was... (laughs) 375. I hope you've enjoyed it. Until next week, I'd just like to say, night from me.
4: Will our heroes survive this terrible ordeal? Can they win through with their integrity unscathed? Can they escape without completely compromising their honour and artistic judgement? Tune in next week for the next exciting instalment of... (laughs)
0: This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions
4: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: At their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening.